welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Allen. How's it going, man? Ben, uh, it has been a very busy time here at TSR. We are pumping out a ton of really good content. Um, even though uh, my Virginia Tech Hokies lost in the first round of March Madness, I still can't help but feel some sort of uh, just feeling good about where everything is right now. Um, I mean, after all, the Pittsburgh Steelers have Mitch Trubisky right now, so I feel like our entire our entire future is saved. <laughs> you know, I know everyone in Chicago is completely laughing at me right now, but um, other than that, man, I feel good about it, and I hope you're doing just as well as I am. Doing well, coming off the high of uh, indoors from last week, so it's it's kind of a weird week to do a podcast. We're in this weird limbo between indoor and outdoor. We have some big outdoor meets like Raleigh Relays and Texas Relays coming up this weekend that really start outdoor season in earnest. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of the transfer news that you posted the other day. We got a lot of people changing schools in the next year, which will be fun to talk about. Um, and then we'll do a quick uh, preview for the Texas Relays. But first, we got one more rating on Apple Podcasts, but we got two more on Spotify. Spotify just continuing to one-up Apple every single week. Yeah, it's okay, though. I mean, we're, we're it's still pretty even. Um, I still believe in Apple. Um, and for the most part, I don't know if we've ever resolved if Hannah's music was ever rescued. So um, there are bigger long-term things here uh, at stake, Ben, than just uh, our ratings. Uh, but no, uh, I agree. Uh, ratings looking good, but we can always use uh, more and more and more as we get uh, the recline to 100. Um, so that'll be exciting when that happens. Uh, ben. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with transfer news or do you want to start with Texas? Let's Relays. go with, let's go with uh, the transfers. So first up, we have Alex Phillip of D3 fame, one of the best in the country uh, from John Carroll, is on the transfer portal with two years of eligibility. This is someone with PR as a 405 in the mile 807 in the 3k 1358 in the 5k and was the cross country d3 champ obviously someone that can help almost anybody in the country uh it'll be fascinating to see where he lands um in terms of if we see him go to go d1 where do you think he can help pro like a, a top tier national qualifying kind of program during the cross country season are you saying in terms of like what role in the lineup that he has? Yeah, yeah I, I kind of see him more. And it's so tough to say because he's made such great strides and progression. Mm -hmm. I think immediately at this point in his career, he's a middle to back end lineup kind of scorer. He's maybe like at most like a third scorer for a, for a good solid D1 team. Um, I think he's more likely closer to that fourth, fifth, depending on the team, sixth kind of uh, runner for a varsity top seven. But I also think that, like, given what he did this year, like, he hasn't really been tested consistently um, to the same extent that you would at the D1 level. And, of course, Aiden Ryan has given him, you know, a few great races this year. But uh, I think in terms of, like, what he can offer, he can offer a lot more and eventually evolve into a guy who's running the 1330s and 13 or 1340s either way um someone who is leading a team as the lead scorer someone who is a front runner um 
I think it really depends on like what do you want out of him. Do you need him immediately, or do you like want to look at him from a long term perspective? And I think he can offer a little bit of both. Yeah, I think the two years of eligibility left is the biggest asset with him because I think that first year could be a little rough in terms of the adjustment having to consistently race these top guys week in, week in, week in and week out and in practice. But I think that second year, like you said, after a year of being in whatever program he enters, he's going to be, I, I think, someone to watch out for as, I mean, an All-American contender, possibly. I think that's his ceiling, which would put him uh, as a huge runner for whatever program he ends up with. So two things here. Um, just to clarify to everyone listening, he is in the transfer portal, but he is in the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. Just a key thing that mm-hmm. I think is important to always mention. Um, and then separately, Ben, we've played this game before. Let's play it again. What's like? Where do you see his best fit being? Like, where can you see? Oh, I could see this team picking him up. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think. North Carolina would be an interesting place for him. I I like the youth movement that they have injecting a little bit of transfer talent with two years of eligibility. They don't really need him this coming year, but in two years when their younger guys are peaking at an even higher level, I think that, that he could put them over the edge to being, I mean, could we see a top 10 kind of result from them in two years i i mean that might be a little ambitious but i i think north carolina is shaping up to have the talent to be able to do that yeah i i like that a lot actually i do think that's a, a very interesting spot um i kind of like the firm and paladins a little bit and i just think it's it's a really nice spot for him it's kind of the same smaller school vibe a little bit, but you're still competing at the highest levels. Um, they recently just lost Aries Redding, um, a, a really strong talent of theirs, uh, to uh, Santa Clara. Yeah, Santa Clara. Um, I know there's going to be a couple guys, you know, as they get older who are soon departing, um, but there's still like a really solid structure there. I mean, there's still a few like really good, solid names there that the team can still rally around. I mean, they had a really solid cross country season this past fall. And I think when you kind of like add in someone like Philip, like he's not going to be overwhelmed by, you know, every like the NAUs of the world, but he's going to find a really solid place. He'll be able to fit in instantly. And he kind of just meshes well with kind of what that lineup needs, which is just another really solid scoring piece. Uh, I like Furman like quite a lot. And it's weird because Furman doesn't usually get transfers. They don't. Yeah, I mean, they're they're more seen for cultivating talent, which, I mean, like we're saying, that first year could be more of a cultivating year for him as he adjusts. So, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see it. Um, do we want to move on to our next guy? Let's do it. So, Travis, is it Kokomore? Kokomore? Sure, yeah. Uh, of Campbell is on the transfer portal as well. Has all four years of eligibility left. Uh, has run 346 in the 1500, 850 in the steeple. Another big uh, asset on the portal that could help a lot of schools. Plenty of time to develop and grow. Who who do you like to uh, have Kokomore join in the spring or fall of next year? Yeah, he's a guy who has yet to run cross country, which is pretty crazy. Um, but he's also like a low 850 steeple chaser. Mm-hmm. So. 
But when I kind of think about it, I just think, all right, who's the team that is going to that needs to add depth? Um, is not necessarily expecting anyone to be a, like a low stick immediately. Has a good young group, um, and also like has a little bit of at least past success in in the steeplechase. Um, and for me, I think NC State, like staying in that southern area, um, staying in the Carolinas, really. And that's you know basically Campbell is in that whole southern region as well, mm-hmm. this whole southeast region. So I think that would kind of be a really nice spot for him. Um, I think it just kind of fits in well. I mean, it's a good heavy hitting program. Um, they have a they're kind of transitioning. At NC State into like a new era. They're gonna soon be losing Shanklin and Flavin and and uh, one other name, maybe Hannes Berger. Uh, uh, no, one other name. That I'm not thinking off the top of my head. But this team's transitioning, and I think Kokomar kind of gives you a really solid transitioning piece while also giving you some scoring prowess in the steeplechase. I like that. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. One one school that kind of comes to mind, and maybe this is too much of a lateral move for him. But Eastern Kentucky, uh, the steeple uh, prowess is what I, I think he would do really well there. They've developed, I mean, a long line of steeple chasers over the years. I think that would be a huge pickup for EKU. They definitely need to there. They've been rebuilding over the last two years. He would be a huge injection of talent for them. Um, I also kind of like I, I, I wonder if he's worth a flyer at some place like Alabama. Um mm-hmm. And they can kind of just let them grow, let them develop with this this new recruiting class that they've brought in. And in a year or two, maybe he's a big piece of their next NCAA qualifying team across country. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly been known to take some chances on some international guys. And I really like EKU a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Like that might be now my new like (laughs) number one pick, like. This, this might be, um, you know how I was listening back to our podcast the other day because I'm a nerd and I do that. And uh, I remember us saying that like Sydney Seymour had NC State written all over her. I think Travis Kokomar has Eastern Kentucky written all over him. Like now, granted, I don't know, maybe he wants to kind of get out of that mid-major kind of right. vibe. Who, who knows? Uh, but like not only that, but Eastern Kentucky has had a lot of great steeplechase success with international athletes. And he's South African, um, yeah. I think. So I had to go I mean, back almost exclusively that. with international. I mean, the last great one was Jermaine Coleman, but they've had a lot of uh, other successes. I mean, Jermaine was probably their best one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. And, and I what, think what, about, what about Ahmed there. Jaziri? Oh, well, yeah, gosh. That, yeah, there's I, I, that I, many. There's that many. Yeah, there there is. Because, I mean, they, they had, um, oh, uh, Samuel Abascal, I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if he ran steeple, but he, I, I think he did. He and did, he, yeah. he was very successful. Um, they, they've had, I mean, I ran against a bunch of them. Uh, all very good. Uh, all right, let's move on. We have Andrea Clayson moving yep. from Boston to Georgetown, has one year of eligibility, PRs of 207, 439, and 920. Very solid talent, and I think just a perfect fit in terms of what program she's moving to with Georgetown brings just a wide range of abilities, obviously with those PRs, but I think should fit in very well on the mid distance side for the lady Hoyas. I mean, you want to talk about just such a perfect spot, a a great, great win. This might be one of the best transfer wins that I can remember of recent, you know, Mm -hmm. as of late, since we restarted the site, I mean, 
she's perfect in terms of fitting into that middle distance kind of identity that Georgetown often has. That 439 mile is great. Um, but yet she can really move up fairly effectively in cross country. Um, she was the you know third place at Patriot League Championships. You know, she's been to the national meet before. She's been a fairly strong top finisher in the Northeast region. So when I take a look at Clayson, I'm just like, man, Georgetown, last year they had like a really solid top four, some variability on the back end, you could say. And they were going to lose Kira Bothwell, a grad student, um, after this past fall based on eligibility, based on TFERS, and assuming everyone else comes back. Um, so there's kind of like it, that gap, that potential scoring vulnerability for Georgetown was going to grow so much larger if they didn't find someone to come in and replace that and fill that hole. And I think Clayson really stops the bleeding there in terms of points. It allows Georgetown to continue to be, you know, a Big East title contender and one of the better teams in the nation. So love, love, love that move. Yeah, I mean, on the point that you're mentioning about it being a big win, I mean, you have to imagine that almost every program was at least taking a look at her and probably yeah. recruiting her pretty hard because I mean these are all times uh at least on the track that put you in the regional conversation right away you're scoring points probably at your conference meet no matter where you are and I mean the experience on the grass should provide every team at least a decent option for their lineup so I I agree I think a big win for Georgetown let's move on to Kevin Kirk who is going from Dixie State to Weber State. One year of eligibility left, was ninth at the uh, WAC Conference Cross Country uh, Championships. Should provide a, a strong Weber State team, another great piece as they continue to just build this program into one that is competitive at the national stage. Yeah, and, and less noted otherwise, um, except for Travis Kokomar, who we've uh, spoken about. Travis is a regular transfer uh, everyone else that we're speaking about currently uh, has been a graduate tra- right graduate transfer. So um, Kevin Kirk, um, solid. Like I think it's a nice pickup. Like I think he's like he was a top ten finisher. I think in the uh, WAC conference, Western Athletic Conference. I have to yeah. I have to get that right. Yeah, and he, it was a solid name. Like I think he's clearly just getting a lot better, um, kind of as he gets a little bit older. Um, I think Weber State's going to be a really nice spot for him. Um, not going to be overwhelming. He can be a contributor, but um, I don't know how much he's going to really move the needle um, in one way or the other. But I don't think like he doesn't hurt anything. Like I think Weber State made a nice decision to get a guy who's kind of in that same kind of tier and, and bring him in and hopefully build him up into a, like a really solid talent. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a lottery ticket, right? And I mean, having someone else that has the potential to be a scorer for your team, um, I I think is a huge move. um, If you can get those people into your program who have that potential. Um, Let's move on to a team that punched a lot of lottery tickets um, Tulane picking up several transfers or international recruits. We had Niall Ryan headed from Wake Forest to Tulane, Kyle Johnson uh, coming from Santa Clara. We had uh, Donal, or I, I don't know Irish <laughs> uh, names. Tadal Devane. Tadal Devane. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Yeah, uh, Conrad Heinemann from Germany, Arthur Zlapins uh, from Latvia, and Ali Nelson from Sanford. Pick a few of these that you you want to talk about. Let's start out with the first one. Niall Ryan is going to be a potentially scary name um, if he's able to 
build on what we think he has. Um, a 1430 unattached outdoor 5K is solid. Um, he showed promise in the ACC for Wake Forest. Still young, clearly still needs some some work. But he could be a truly legitimate name who is one day competing with the you know the Tulsa's of the world at the AAC championships. Um, like I think he is just such a really great talent. He was really solid in high school, but he's he's really found his way at Wake Forest and now um, Tulane. I think is getting. I, I think you're getting someone pretty special there. Has three seasons of cross country eligibility still made uh, Wake Forest's ACC lineup, which was a tough lineup to make um, mm-hmm. last yeah. year. I, I agree. I, I think he's someone that can be a little bit of a cornerstone for this uh, Tulane program as they have this influx of talent. I, I think he's someone that they can really build around. Um, next, do we want to talk about, let's see, Kyle Johnson, grad transfer. Uh, 1423 5k PR. I think someone who's just going to bring some stability uh, to the program, someone who's going to push the workouts, really, at, I think, help develop a lot of these younger guys on the team. Um, and probably score a bunch of points for them at conference, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think you said it exactly. You know, he's just going to be a good veteran presence for this team. Um, you know, he may not have the same longevity or shelf life that. Um, you know, a young recruit from high school does, but what he does have is a 1423 5k PR. And frankly, that's probably better than a lot of guys who you have to spend, you know, a year or two, or maybe three developing, developing them to get to that point. Um, and I think if, you know, clearly Tulane's trying to build something immediately. And I think Johnson kind of gives them that with his, with his marks. And, and with Devon and Heinemann, um, solid talents coming from overseas, um and, and Lappin's from Latvia 906 steeple I think he'll be one to watch and another maybe possible co- cornerstone for this program yeah I like Lappin's a lot um 906 steeple's pretty solid still pretty young um we'll see what what else he really does like a lot of these guys they're very much guys who could be like they they can be great right uh, we'll see if they will um but they they can be and I think that's all really Tulane needs it's just a a, a hope or a shot if, if one of these three guys lands it's considered a success absolutely and then ali nelson um coming over from stanford one year of eligibility left uh 430 in the 1500 1703 in the 5k just another solid talent i think to to really help this two-lane women's program as well yeah uh, very much like kyle johnson um solid marks uh, pretty respectable consistent and kind of is able to step in and help out right away. So, yeah, she's solid. And the last transfer that we had is Jocelyn Long, headed from Notre Dame to Ole Miss as a grad transfer, one year of eligibility left, 420 in the 1500 PR and 1622 in the 5K. Really strong and underrated pickup for the for the Lady Rebels. I, I think this is someone who might not be necessarily a scorer, but will at least give them another option. And, and I think that with Ole Miss kind of building, I, I think building their women's program to a point where they can be considered a top 10, top 15 kind of program every year, she's that extra added depth piece that really can, I think, help them maintain that and build the momentum that they had from this past year. Yeah, no, she's solid. No, she's really solid. And I think... It's nice to have a talent where you know what you're going to get out of her every single time. I mean, if you look at her cross-country results, they're 
very like straightforward, on par. They don't vary too much, um, and I think that's pretty, you know, pretty strong. I still think that she has more than she has actually given. Like I think she can be a scorer. I think she, you know, her time suggests that she can be a little bit better on the grass. But we'll wait and see. At the very least, she gives this team a lot of uh, scoring security. Um, and a nice veteran presence on a team that, you know, has some youngsters, but also some people are getting older and they're leaving, but there's also like a really deep group there. So yeah, she, I think she fits in pretty well. Yeah. I mean, like you said, she has the chance to pop. I mean, with a 16, 22, 5k on the track, you would expect her to be able to hopefully put together some maybe all conference kind of performances in the next year. Right. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the Texas Relays. Um, We will have a preview for the Raleigh Relays, so we're going to just talk about Texas. Um, So keep an eye out for the Raleigh Relays preview, which if you want to try to fall asleep, just read all the entries from Raleigh because it (laughs) is a long, long list of really good runners, but it is long. Um, With the Texas Relays, let's start with the 800 men's race. And boy, I mean, this this is about as loaded of a field as you're going to get this early in the outdoor season. I mean, if you just had the guys from Texas and from Texas Tech, this would be an outstanding field. You got Busy Monic, Rosa, and Jones from Texas. You got Cephas, Vilka, and Zahafi from Texas. But then we got a bunch of other guys that we'll talk about in a minute. Who Who is your favorite to win this race? I, I like, like, Let's forget about time for a second. Coming off of Nationals appearances from a lot of these guys, who who do you think is going to take home the win? I'm stuck between two. I'm stuck between... Mm, well, take that back. Stuck between... Uh, three? I, I was like going to say three. I don't, I don't think we're going to have the same three, though. I bet you can't guess my three. Um, I think your three... Busy Mana's one. Yep. Is Zahafi one? Yep. Oh, man. Croza? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. God. And this is, like, I feel, like, so disrespectful to Jonathan I know, Jones. I know. Like, the, the NCAA runner-up at, at the 800 indoors. And, I mean, I I could see him coming in first. I could see him coming in fifth in this race. I, I yeah. really don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, I just – because here's the thing. Like – Busy Mana is was peaking at the national meet. Is clearly just great at positioning. If you like, to, want to talk about like winning, um, like I, I'd say like he is put in that position. Caros is a one forty six guy who probably had the best indoor season collectively um, amongst like most or all of his Texas teammates, depending mm-hmm. on who you ask. Um, and then Zahafi had that DNF at the national meet. And you know he's just hungry. You know he wants to go out there and go up against a bunch of guys who he was going to be facing, um, and well, he was facing in that 800 meter race at the national meet. If you were to ask me who is most likely to run the fastest time, because remember, I know I know this is like the same thing, but like I I I think Jones has the chance to like the best chance to run super fast. But I just think the way that some of this this field is going to be played out, I think I like a few of these other guys a little bit more. And I know that makes no sense. I know that makes no sense. No, it makes sense. I think really what you're saying is, is there a pacer and how fast does that pacer go out? 
because if, sure. if, yeah. if it's a quick pace from the gun that that someone from Texas will pace these guys through, then I think it's Jones or Zahafi. I, I think those are probably the two guys. But if there's not, and this is just a straight up race, then yeah. I think you introduce Busy Mana and Carosa as favorites there as well. Um, let's talk about the rest of the field because obviously there's a lot of other talent be- between uh, besides just the guys from these two schools. Abdul Hassan, Sam Ellis, and Sam Rodman from Princeton. Uh, we got AJ Green, Sam Van Dorp, uh, Batare, Rick, uh, oh gosh, Ruganera, Ruganera, yeah. <laughs> and Leroy Russell. Just a host of names. Hassan coming off a DMR leg for Wisconsin at the national meet. Uh, Sam Ellis. And was Rodman at, at the NCAA meet? I, I want to say he was. I want to okay. say that he was on that relay. Yeah. So a lot of guys coming back from NCAAs uh, pretty quickly. But then you also got some other guys who have run in the 147 to 149 range right behind them it's just going to be a mess. I mean, this is going to be an absolutely loaded field where you could have nine guys looking to run under 148. Which is so absurd. And the thing is, is like, they are probably all capable of doing it. Like we know Russell has, Russell ran 147 this year. Um, Like we know he's capable. Um, Like there's just a few other names. Like of course the Texas and Texas tech guys, there are a lot of dudes in here and they're like, I, unless someone has a bad day, they're all going to run under 150. Uh, like AJ Green, this is going to be a big you know, year for him, big big race for him, as he kind of tries to fit into this mesh and this mold of like, you know, just how good can he be despite his youth? I think he's only a freshman or sophomore, um, but was a stud in high school. I think he ran 149. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Like, a, it, there's not really one name. Like, of of all the Texas, of all the Texas, and uh, rephrase that, of all the non-Texas and of all the non-Texas Tech guys, who do you like the most? In this I like I like Hassan. Yeah, I, so I think I think he's gonna come with something to prove. He ran one forty-seven-five. Just missed out on qualifying for NCAA's put together uh, a great leg for Wisconsin that helped put them in the lead going into the anchor leg. I I think he's going to be super hungry to put down a really good time and just solidify his spot as one of the best 800 meter runners in the country. And I think he's going to have that opportunity. I don't know if he's going to be a top three finisher, but I think he's going to put himself in the mix to do that. Just a quick clarifying point. Uh, Hassan scratched from the 800 meters right, right. Uh, at the national meet. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I like him a lot. I think he just has a lot to prove. And I think he's shown that he can be really competitive in these tight NCAA races. Uh, ben, over under 146.15. Over. As the winning time. Over. So as in. It'll be slower. 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 Okay. I. And I hate doing that because I feel like every time we say a time over under, you should just always go under because yeah. that's just the way the season's been. But it 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 just depends on if it's paced. And I don't know if they're going to want to just race it because I don't know if they're trying to throw down some crazy fast times right away. It's so early in the season to do that. All right. Well, while we're thinking about that, let's move on to the women or else we will be here all day. So 
True. Because I could talk about this field forever. Yeah, it's that good. All right. On the women's side, uh, we have Brooke Javorski, uh, Shafiqua Maloney running unattached, uh, which is interesting. Quinn Owen and Valerie Tobias as our favorites. Maloney looking to bounce back from an underwhelming national meet. Uh, Jaworski and Tobias also coming back from the NCAA meet. Who do you like in this this race? Do do we see some redemption for Maloney and her reminding people that she's one of the best 800 meter runners in the country? It's hard not to like the Texas women of Jaworski and Tobias on their home track. I mean, you know, Quinn Owen was really not great at all at the tail end of the season. I just, you know, she ran 445 in the mile, then didn't race for a month, and then is boom, suddenly back at the national meet, and she's not running well. So I don't have a ton of confidence right now. And Maloney, again, like she had a bad prelim and a bad final, and I don't know like how comfortable to be. Also, why is she racing unattached? I mean, that that throws me off a little bit. I think, you know, for me, and I guess I don't know anything about the Arkansas program. I don't know anything about Maloney, what their tactics are, what they usually do. They've, we've seen this before where Maloney starts a season unattached before in races. We've seen that happen. But I can't help but look at how poorly she ran at the national meet and then saying, all right, well, we'll let you run, you know, outdoors, but just do it unattached in case we're not sure about your eligibility kind of deal. Um, so that that's like, I, I don't know, though. I'm like, this is all just purely speculation. I think it because of that, because of the uncertainty, because I know what I'm getting with uh, Jaworski and Tobias, I think I'm probably going to go with one of them. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I wonder if they're, if Maloney's dealing with a nagging injury or something that she suffered right before the NCAA meet and they just want to have her play it slow and see where she's at before they do run her attached. So that would obviously make Jaworski and Tobias that much more favorites. Um, let's move on to the 1,500-meter race on the women's side. Um, we have Abby Gray, Cassie Johnson, Jody Judd, and Annie Fuller all in this race. Um, I think Cassie Johnson has to be the favorite coming back from a strong performance in the 800 at the national meet. be interesting to see what she can do at the 1,500-meter distance as she uh, starts out her outdoor season. I, I don't anticipate this being an overly fast race, but I think we'll see Johnson tactically win this pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think every sign points to not just Johnson winning, but just the other women in this field just not being quite as strong. Um, I mean, Jody Judd, since moving from Florida State to Grand Canyon, hasn't been quite at the same level as she once was. Not that she's been bad by any means, but she just hasn't replicated some of her better performance that she had at Florida State. Annie Fuller, very same thing since going from Michigan State to Texas A&M. Just hasn't been able to replicate that same level of success. Um, and then Abby Gray. I mean, again, a, a similar thing where she really hasn't had too many chances to race. I mean, she had cross country um, since moving to Incarnate World. But, uh, you know, it's... I just kind of look at everyone else in this field and I think Cassidy Johnson is peaking right now. She's basically coming off of a postseason peak. She's running better than most of the women in the country, at least in the middle distances. Um, I, I I don't see why not. I think she has to be the clear and obvious favorite given her 420, 1500 meter personal best. Yeah, I think she's probably one of the more underrated runners in the country. What she did at NCAAs is probably flew under the radar a little bit. And, and I think we could see her really blow up in a big t- big way uh, this outdoor season. 
Uh, let's go to the 1500 meter on the men's side. We have Cruz Gomez, Duncan Miller, Harrison Witt, and Ethan Reese, all three of those guys from Princeton. I think our eyes are on Cruz Gomez as well from Texas. Again, I'm curious to see how fast this goes. I feel like we have to readjust our, we're going to have to readjust what a fast 1500 meter looks like because a 342 was going to make it to regionals automatically last year. This year, I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see if any of these guys are trying to put down quick times to just guarantee their, themselves a spot at regionals or if this is just a rust buster and we're going to see a, a great tactical race. Cruz Gomez, a 357 miler. Duncan Miller, a 357 miler. Two questions. Over, under, 339.1 winning time. Or, and, and two, who comes out on top? Uh, I like Gomez, and I like him to run slower than 339. I think that's just really, I mean, again, like I, like I was saying before, we have to readjust our, our expectations. That's what I'm that's saying. That's a very fast opener um and hard to do without pacers they might have pacers but i'm again i hate being going slower on these lines but i i'm committed to it at this point i I think it could be pretty quick i I think it actually could be under um that would be stunning i I, I like cruz gomez i could see him running 338 high um but like we saw a ridiculous number of sub 340s last year this is a pretty decent field these guys have run well under four minutes before. I, I, I see a lot of good things happening here. It could happen. Um, I think. I think more likely it would be. Okay, how about this? Do you see them running under three forty? What? 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 Do you, where do you like? Where do you see them winning? Like, what do you see the winning time being? I, I honestly think it's going to be like a forty one forty two off of a hmm. little bit of a slower start, and then they just finish really hard. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we don't see a lot of quick 1,500 meters at Texas generally. I mean, coming off of this weekend, usually the fastest times are always at Raleigh, and even Raleigh doesn't always doesn't usually have like a lot of crazy fast 1,500s, like it just because it's so early in the season. So I, I just... And again, maybe I just need to adjust and 339 isn't actually that crazy fast when we're going to be seeing probably a lot of 336s to 338s this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't, I, I think I agree with you that Texas Relays doesn't usually produce that many, but I think that this isn't like, like this isn't the old days anymore, Ben. <laughs> right. This isn't the old days like when you were in college, like way back when. Well, a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way back when. Um, let's not talk about my college. Debut, <laughs> but, um, all right, so we'll we'll move on from that. What are we moving on to next? The mile, mile, right? Yeah. So we got Ed Trippas entered. He's also entered in the three K steeple. Um, so keep an eye on whatever race he ends up with. This is an eight eight nineteen uh, steeple chaser. So he'll be excellent in whatever event he runs. We also have Sam Ellis uh, entered in the men's mile as well. Um, I, and I think he's also entered in the eight hundred as well. So. I, I think we could see uh, Ellis maybe double back. I think the mile is on a, a different day than the 800. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what these guys do. I think going up a, a, against a largely uh, non-collegiate field in the mile. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't. I assume they're going to have an en route 1500 right. time to get that to get that mark. But 
Um, yeah. And we'll see. I wish I had more, but I don't. I don't have more to say about this. Like, yeah, we'll see if they run fast. I mean, Trippus in the uh, in the steeplechase could be really interesting. I mean, eight nineteen PR is cooking. That's moving. Yeah, yeah. I I don't anticipate him getting close to that. Uh, but I right. I think if if he throws down something in the low eight thirties, uh, I think that would be a, a really good start to the season. I was gonna him. ask you what you thought like it was gonna be in, but that sounds about right. I was gonna yeah. say maybe like in the eight forties, high eight thirties, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's close with the five k on the men's side. I think this could be one of the most interesting races outside of the men's eight hundred. Um, you have Yassine Abdallah coming off his anchor leg to win Texas, the DMR, um, going up against teammates, have to Knight and Roger Rivera. And it looks like they're going to have plenty of pacers. You got a lot of 800 guys in there. You have, uh, Carosa, busy mana, um, a lot, just a lot of Texas guys entered in general who probably aren't going to go the full distance. So I think we could see some really quick times. Abdallah obviously is in really good shape and, and is probably looking to put down a big time in the 5K. Yeah, I like Abdallah a lot. I think his value during indoors was sky high. But I also really like Roger Rivera and Half Tonight, who ran 1341 during indoors. And we just don't really talk about them because they got so overwhelmed by the incredible depth of this Texas roster. But two 1341 guys and like we would be talking about like hey texas has something going on during most years but this is to such a loaded year and texas does have a lot of good things going on for them but yeah i i like half two nine roger rivera to like run in the 1330s even like i i really like them like a lot a lot a lot and we'll we'll see you know how low they really go into that but we'll see i i think like low 1330s i think is almost guaranteed like yeah. with, with the the amount of pacers it, it appears they're gonna have it seems like they're really setting this up to be a quick one and i i think all of them are going to be under 1335 yeah i could absolutely see that and that's the scariest thing i've ever heard for a team that is already known specifically for the 800 mile and then to say like oh we're just gonna give you like an additional three guys who are running the 1330s which is like not that dramatically far off from what they've already done. No, I mean it's it's pretty much like just a little bit faster, and that's about it. So uh, it is like Pete Watson. I- I'll hand up, and maybe this is because I was at Virginia Tech when he was at Virginia, but I was like not a believer. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, but like you know, he's a good coach, but like I don't I don't know like what else he's really doing more than a few others. Like yeah, Henry Wynn, that was great, but you know, we'll see. I've been so impressed and so happy that I've been so wrong. It's like nice to be wrong about someone who is now at a different school that you actually like, you know? So, um, but you know, like it, he has done something like crazy special there. And uh, I, I've been, I've been wildly, wildly impressed. So it, it took him a, a few seasons, but you could see, mm-hmm the progress that he was slowly making and then all of a sudden it just accelerated this year this indoor season and we you we've really seen um the fruits of what he's built through these last few years so yeah i i completely agree um well let's wrap here um we will have plenty of results to comb through next week between texas 
and Raleigh. I, I'll be fascinated to see how some of our predictions end up um, with Texas, as I as we always are interested to to boost our egos with our prediction yeah. and downplay or, or any mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or have them crumble. Either way, either or works. But yeah, um, I mean, we've got a lot of good stuff on the site. End of season awards uh, that you can read. D1, D2, D3, all out. Um, if you're listening to this today, we're eventually going to have Raleigh Relays pr- uh, preview set up and posted out eventually. Um, we'll just have a few things going on. I want to say there's going to be another transfer announcement that I might be able to post later this week. So um, keep keep your eyes out. Keep your eyes peeled. A lot of great things. The podcast, like, uh, go leave us a five-star rating and review, as I say literally every time I'm wrapping up this podcast. But five stars, rating and reviews, Apple Podcasts specifically, and Spotify. Um, but, Ben, that is all I have. Took the words right out of my, out of my mouth. Gosh, all right, we got to wrap it there if I can't talk anymore. (laughs) All right, until next time, Garrett, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.